Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name is Chris Scott. My name's Atish, and in this week's episode, we delve into Chris's mysterious origin story to figure out how he started creating his uh, production company from a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. I wanted to pick your brain as to how you're doing starting your business. Uh, what do you mean? Well, so here's, uh, do you have those kinds of fucking stupid conversations with people as I do often, which are like, oh man, yeah, that's such a good idea. We should start a business. Let's go into business together. Do you have lots of people doing that with you? Uh, I think for me, it's a bunch of, hey, I had this idea for a movie. What do you think about this idea for a movie? Oh, right. Of course. Like, <laughs> of course, for you, that gets channeled into a different thing. Mm-hmm. Do you get a lot of, like, when you hang out with your actor friends, is that what you get a lot? Or uh, I sometimes do. Uh, usually it's from just any Joe Schmo. They're like, oh, you make movies. Oh, I have this idea for a movie. Why don't they make this movie? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, okay. I guess my version of that is that I get everyone, everyone pitches me ideas for businesses or things that they want to do. And like, we should go into business together and we should do that. Like I get that very often. And it makes me kind of realize that people don't actually understand how that process works or like even, even just the ground, they, they like kind of have the loose like constructs of an idea. And then they just want to run off that. But you're somebody who's actually executing on something that you had to have had an idea for first, and then also then I mean, did you you don't you didn't go to like formal business school or anything, right? Oh God, no! I got, God, no, no! I did not go to formal <laughs> business school. Oh God, no! <laughs> you're telling me you didn't graduate from Stanford? <laughs> no, I didn't graduate from anywhere <laughs> except for the school of hard knocks. School Hard Life. Or what is that from uh, from uh, 30 Rock? Where he's like, uh, I got my degree in fried chicken from the School of Hard Knocks. Is that right, <laughs> Mr. Jack? <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Arguably also one of the better characters on TV. Anyways, um, so, so yeah, like I kind of wanted to just shed some light on the pragmatics of it and then and then kind of develop this into a conversation because I'm – getting a little bit more confident in the fact that like I want to start my own business at that like that that's what I'm kind of trying to culminate into okay you know what I mean uh-huh. and so I kind of wanted to just lay the foundation that like like in this part just talk about uh, kind of how you thought that you could gel like an actual solid idea together as opposed to just I mean I would I am used to having these bullshit conversations so it's like how do you know the difference between something that's actually workable and good and uh and basically some some bullshit conversation you're having with some stranger at a bar you know what I mean right but I think bars are really good locations to have business meetings (laughs) I mean yeah me too it's that's kind of where I get most of my best ideas uh okay okay so what you're wanting to do is basically start with an idea and turn it into a business right let's do it okay all right cool cool cool. what's phase one phase one is visualization 
visualization as a as a lot of things um i i've come to realize that i always think people are being kind of corny or being kind of hacky when they're talking about visualize your goals or visualize your whatever first but then i always end up reading articles about how that's crucially important and all all that kind of thing and and people do it every day they like this is what i'm going to do today right yeah and actually, um, I think that that process, like like I said, where I'm, I think this wasn't while I was uh, recording, but I was talking about my my whiteboard with all my little boxes that I check off, right? Uh-huh. I think that that actually helps me kind of move from one point to the next point to the next, like one task to the next to the next pretty seamlessly. You know what I mean? Like it allows for me to, since I've already abstracted all the things that I need to do, it allows me to kind of just seamlessly move through them as opposed to completing something and then being like, Oh, okay, what's next? Or what did I have to do next? You know what I mean? Exactly. So, so yeah, I I probably tacitly agree with you that, um, that, uh, visualization is pretty key. Um, but like I listened to enough of this, like Tony Robbins stuff where he's talking about like, Oh no, like close your eye or, or what is it? Like, uh, stretch, Turn, turn your shoulders and try and stretch your arm all the way back as far as you can go. You know what I mean? And then he says, now close your eyes and think about you stretching further than you ever have before and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. And he says, now go do it again. And the idea is that you've done it farther the second time than you did the first. But you couldn't see it. Your eyes are closed. Well, no, I think you can open your eyes when you. <laughs> How do you measure that? I don't, I don't know. But so, so what do you mean by visualization? I mean, so when I, when I first started my production company, the idea was, hey, I want to make movies. I need a production company. Yeah. And it kind of was just like without purpose, without uh, a trajectory, without uh, it was too broad of a goal. It was yeah. like, hey, I'm going to make a company and make movies. It's, but then what's, what, what is everything else involved in that? Like no other thought went into that. Right, right. So when I think of visualization, when it comes to your business, it's who am I creating movies for? Who's going to watch my movies? How am I going to get people in front of the screen to watch these movies? How am I going to market these movies? What's the main story? What are the main stories I want to tell as a production company? Uh As opposed to 10 years ago, I was, oh, let's just make a movie. Let's just make a movie and see what happens. And then submit it somewhere and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And it's it was very uh one one trick pony type of thing. And kind of unfocused. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly unfocused. <laughs> exactly unfocused. Um so so basically you're taking instead of uh and and now I'm introducing something that of course is more diagrams, more diagrams out of me. But um <laughs> don't you dare but uh but basically instead of just having the idea like like do you know what a cloud mapping is? Oh my goodness, don't do cloud maps on the podcast. No, we're going to I'm well I'm 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 not going to run through a cloud map or I'm not going to actually do a cloud map, but but like basically like that's what I'm kind of understanding is that instead of you having like a central idea which was make a movie. Uh-huh. Um which is which is that like okay here are the ingredients that go into my movie I need a cast and I need a script and I need this and I need that you know what I mean you are kind of starting from a larger idea for the center of your cloud map so to speak if you will right and um and you're you're kind of pulling larger concepts out of that like 
instead of directly um, like, okay, who's going to be in my movie? You're thinking about like, okay, uh, why am I making these movies? How am I going to promote these movies? How am I going to put these movies out there? How am I going to sell them? Like those are kind of larger ideas if I'm, if I'm understanding correctly. Definitely. But not just that it's ideas that when you, after you complete a project, let's say these are all the things everybody, everybody asks you and you never uh-huh. think about it, but you do subconsciously and knowing about it beforehand. Cause at the end of the project, you're going to be wiped out and exhausted you kind of have all these things already, all these things already flushed out and prepared to sh- have a to create a game plan proper for the project that you've created. I don't uh-huh. know if that makes sense. No, well, it does. Like, so basically, um, instead of instead of asking these, like, instead of doing something and then seeing where that fits, you're kind of you have like a roadmap established. You're doing something more purposefully, right? Okay, so so I guess what that comes down to is uh, that really ambiguous question of what what do you want to do and why do you want to do it? That's a pretty big question that nobody really knows the answer to. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean people yeah, can be like, "I like coffee, so I'm going to start a coffee shop." It's like, <laughs> okay, but is that enough? I think, I think that's always our go-to. Like, I think, <laughs> I think we're always talking about coffee shops. Well, uh, well, let's see. What's another one that we could talk about? Well, I mean, I'm there. Hey, no objection here. Um, but okay, so for instance, we can we can uh, live or we can we can talk about my my kind of general idea, and we can shape that. Okay, if you want. Sure. Let's 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 do that, and then we I'm can trying... we can create a brand new. Uh, I could do my new company. I could reformat my company at the same time. Yeah, we can we can kind of uh I mean this isn't exactly task blasting, but this is task blasting light. Okay. Diet task blasting. I like that task blasting light better. Because <laughs> then you could buy the pro version if you want. Right. I, I should have stuck. Damn it. Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> this is why I'll never be successful. <laughs> um, okay. So so basically what the the larger kind of focus that I'm trying to have, I forgot to take my allergy pills today, and I'm I'm dying. Uh, no, is it 100 degrees up there yet, dude? It is brutal already. Up here. I bet. Like I took my uh, puppy out for a walk yesterday, and it was absolutely terrible. Eh. Like even at night, even at fucking night. Anyways, <laughs> enough about me hating Phoenix. Um, which I mean, I think my first goal is to move out of Phoenix, but that's besides the point. Um, so I, I kind of see that there's a lot of uh, pain points in in other businesses, like like, and that's why I wonder if my why or like my my bigger kind of idea might be a little too vague. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like oh, I want to make coffee, but it's not. It's <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> um, it's it's basically that I, I recognize that there's a lot of pain points in uh, businesses where they actually are converting things to cash or where they're actually trying to have like in in their execution they they don't have people who are just sort of uh, paid to be uh, do you know who um, do you remember Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction was he um, Samuel Jackson or no. John Travolta? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> he was the guy who came in after uh, they shot that dude in the head, and and they were like, oh, and he like comes in and tells them how they're gonna fix it, like at um at Quentin Tarantino's house. Oh no, you don't remember Mr. Wolf? I don't remember Mr. Wolf. Okay, well, this was a very transformative. Uh, that was a very transformative role for me. Uh, that or or I I really liked that character because he represented something that like I basically or or like Ray Donovan. You're familiar with Ray Donovan? Uh, sure. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> God damn it! Um, but you'll watch the comeback with Lisa Kudrow. I will. Um, but basically the idea. The idea of being a person who just is contracted out to fix people's problems. And that's that's a really vague way of doing it or saying it. What I specifically think that I want to do in this in this large scale why is I, I want to assist in the in the basically sales process, like what's called sales operations. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And just kind of come into all these different places and fix all their stuff. Like any any sand that's in the gears. You know what I mean? Sand in gears. Is that <laughs> well you didn't you didn't know who Mr. Wolf was and you don't know who Ray Donovan is, so I don't know. What are what explain. are gears? Ah jeez. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. I'm hearing what you're saying. But I'm not sure if that's if that's, you know. Uh, if that's enough, so to speak, to let, you know, like how much of your framework for your production company was an idea like that or how much of it was something a little bit like more flushed out than that? Nothing was flushed out when I first started. Really? It was just all kind of just, uh, just do it. Let's just do it. Yeah. I mean, we're done with school. We're not all, none of us are going back to film school. Let's just keep going. Let's just do something. And uh-huh. we tried and it wasn't, it was not flushed out at all. When you say we, who are you referring to? Uh, a few friends from film school. Uh, my friend Jaime, that I still work with nowadays, and then my friend Kevin. Uh-huh. And, but Kevin moved to California right away, and Jaime and I stayed here in Tucson. And we mm-hmm. kind of just like pretended it was still film school for 10 years. It was like, uh, yeah, this is for fun. We're going to make this thing for fun. Everything was for fun. Yeah, yeah. But we kept everything fun and light, and it was... There was never a, a good opportunity to flip it to let's go professional, uh huh. Because it's Tucson. Why would Tucson? Anything happen in Tucson? Right. <laughs> hey, I mean, still uh, not as not like the all I hear is people's pitches when I go to the Vig here at uh in Phoenix. The Vig, the Vig, the Vig, the Vig, <laughs> the Vig. That's the name of a place. Yeah, that's. Not- <laughs> Yeah, it's a place that people go to. Yeah, but what's the equivalent in Tucson? Is it is that like tap and bottle? Um, it's like where's a place? Uh, it's like if Connect Coworking had a bar. Well, no, that's not an accurate statement. Belay that remark. Don't don't quote me on that. Um, done. It's <laughs> done. <laughs> it's it's like uh, where's a place where people go like specifically for like networking stuff? Like it just Cheers. I mean it is just a regular restaurant and a bar, but they end up doing like they end up attracting all of these like young professionals like that kind of thing. Uh huh. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I would like, say maybe a shooters. Maybe I don't think anyone networks at shooters uh, on Wednesday nights. They do. Oh really? <laughs> uh, maybe union. 
on Whiskey Wednesdays? Yeah, it could be like a union sort of feel. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, it's got actually, yes, it has a very union feel. The food is pretty much the same, the drinks are pretty overpriced. Yeah, it's got a union feel. Okay. So, uh, why was I talking about that? Well, that's, that's something else that is not, at, I don't know, that I haven't really found that, that click here in Tucson of uh-huh. people that where you go, people are, are always wanting to create stuff. That, that, that there's not a lot of innovation happening. Yeah, Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? There are, you know, startup groups here in town. There are, uh, not, what are they called? Think tanks. Think tanks. Yeah. They're like things you have to apply for, and it's very small and niche, it seems like. And they're trying to keep them small and niche. Yeah. Have you seen those new ones? I, like, I see all these ads for these new ones where they're, like, location-based. Like, there's one in California, one in Costa Rica, whatever. And the point is, is that you, like, pay rent, but then you live where you work, and then you work out of these, like, destination offices, basically. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen those? No. Oh, I'll send you a link and then that, that way just in case we uh, ever want to move your production company somewhere. You can put it there. <laughs> Thank you. Even though I think you've got a pretty good thing going there in the Bat Cave. Yeah, this little white room. So bright. But I think well, that's something that is uh, something to consider while you're visualizing your production company is surrounding yourself with like-minded people. Right. So so for for you this kind of in its in its initial inception your production company started as just the main idea of kind of trying to keep just moving forward. Mhm. And then it, at least with uh Jaime you were able to kind of keep yourself grounded in that in that field or that sort of industry by being connected to someone who was also in that field. Right. But I think the thing that we had issues with is that we weren't playing? We weren't willing to play the game, uh-huh. which is something I think we both struggle with daily. I, I think that that's something that's true. I mean, for a lot of industries, but especially true in in film and stuff like that. And, and of course, I have very little experience in the film industry, mm-hmm. but that's definitely something I feel like you have to kind of like pay your dues and and do the do the the shit work basically i don't think it's so much paying your dues i think it's the the pretentiousness that can come with ego and feeling better than everyone else okay and feeling like oh everyone's idea is dumb and stupid i'm not going to deal with them ever Uh uh-huh and that kind of alienates you from working with people and building a community and supporting like coming like your persona is now a, that guy you're that guy that thinks they're better than everyone else yeah yeah and i probably went through that a little bit but nothing was really i wasn't really doing anything at the same time so i was like a film critic which is the mm. worst I don't know. I think film critics are pretty funny. Oh my gosh! Next time I see him, I'm gonna slap you for that. Have you have you heard of Cinema Sins? <laughs> uh, uh, I have heard of Cinema Sins. Yeah. Anyways, um, so so when for you, I guess, did this? Be, because you obviously had this idea directly out of school, but I, I would say it's probably safe to say that 
concept or that idea of like what you were doing in filmmaking had, had undergone several evolutions to get to this point. It did. It did. Okay. So, so I guess what I'm curious about is in this visualization process, when did you sort of land on making a production company to make your films to like, like when did you kind of see that as more of a flushed out process as opposed to just like kind of doing things just to still be on the radar or still be, you know, like you said, in film school or, or whatever. When, when, when did that change occur and kind of how, how did you start actually grounding this into reality as opposed to just a concept? Well, re- well, fresh out of film school, I don't think I filmed a, not filmed, formed a legit production company. I think we just said, hey, we're a company, uh-huh. which is not <laughs> establishing a company. Yeah. <laughs> and we tried making a movie and it didn't work out. It failed miserably. I think I still is have this... the footage somewhere. Oh, this, so this is something I haven't even seen. No, no one's seen it. And it was it was terrible. It was just terrible. Oh, that's and, a shame. And uh, so but then at the same time, I was also working at a news station for a, a company that basically is semi in the same field. You know, there are cameras and editing and all that and graphics, all that is involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of the same field. And also at the same time, I started working for this uh, screenwriting consultant. And he was going through the process of trying to establish a company, trying to figure out how to get him, his name out there more, his service out there more. And he knew some people like uh, some producers and writers that had some work produced and so it was let me hang out with this guy for a minute and see what happens maybe i can learn from this or ride the coattails of this for a minute till i'm ready to jump off to my own ship Uh uh-huh and that didn't work out that was a weird experience and wait how did that how did that end it ended in a in an argument at a borders oh my god (laughs) It was pretty funny. At a borders, there there isn't even a borders anymore. I know they're all gone. This how this is how long ago this argument was. <laughs> I don't know. This was probably two thousand eight. No, seven, eight, nine, nine, ten, maybe, maybe nine, maybe eight. Who knows? Fun fact: I uh, graduated high school. In stop. Just stop talking right now. <laughs> uh, we were in a borders and. The argument was, what's the next step for his company? He he started doing these screenwriting competitions. Mm. To like gain exposure or something. Yeah. And so, sorry, Mike. Mike was clicking all weird. Oh, that's okay. That's no bueno. I mean, I didn't hear anything on my end, so. So... He started doing. Uh, he he started a, sc- a screenwriting competition where I'm just going to say it because there's no way around it. Uh, it's called the contest of contest winners. What? And if you have won a contest, you could submit your screenplay to his contest to see if you could be a winner of his contest. Wait, 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 wait. So you, if you've been in a screenwriting contest before, right? And you have won said screenwriting contest before, then you can enter his screenwriting contest. Right. Okay. Well, the like there are some parameters. There was there are some legit screenwriting competitions, and then there's like fifteen thousand other screenwriting competitions. 
Right. So if you were uh, well, as with most things in life, yeah. So if you're a grand prize winner of the fifteen thousand, you could submit. If you were a semifinalist in four or five of the top ones, you could submit. You didn't have to be a legit winner. You could be like a semifinalist or a quarterfinalist. Okay. And still submit. And it was, I think it went pretty, I think it was doing pretty well, but it was kind of just hoping that someone would see that he could pick out the best of the best in this weird box that he built for himself. And it kind of, I don't know if he's still doing it or not. Probably is. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be Googling it after we're done. And, um, like I, I helped him update his website. I helped him uh, throw those contests together. I went to uh, expos for him, and I was just like an attendant there, handing out flyers. So I was like doing stuff, and I was in this. And he made really good friends with this uh, screenwriter who wrote the movie Blank Check. Have you seen the movie Blank Check? I have not. Or Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Uh, no, but I think I've watched an, a Simpsons episode based on that, that, that movie. So this guy wrote a couple really bad movies, but he wrote a really good book on screenwriting called Save the Cat. Uh-huh. And so he became really good friends with this author. His name's Blake Snyder. He has since passed away from something, uh, like abruptly. I don't remember what it was. It was some medical thing. Oh. And, uh. The argument with the guy I was working for was stop trying to be a contest guy. Just write a book, and then you have something to sell. And then you could go out on tours and get your name out that uh, way. Because uh-huh. his teaching style is different than a lot that's out there. Yeah, yeah. He grew up as an actor, like a theater actor. And so he was coming from an actor's point of view and character and dialogue and all this other stuff mm-hmm. that not a lot of screenwriting instructors come from. They come from a producer mindset of you know how much is this going to cost are this this does this need to happen in x amount of time yada 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 so kind of kind of more like logistical mindset as opposed to like a creative mindset right and all of this stuff was uh presented in a creative way and for in a creative inspirational type of way it was different that's interesting i think that we tow that line right It's it's in our title it's it's we we creativize, strategize, synergize. Yep. Bing. That's that's our. I've been saying Bing Bong Bing ever since I. Have you seen those videos of Trump saying Bing Bong Bing? I have. Yeah. It's. <laughs> anyways, um, I've been saying that too. Like it's it's just gotten immediately ingrained in my head. So Uh-oh. I just caught myself that for the first time on the podcast I said Bing, <laughs> Bing Bong Bing. We're gonna cut it out. Yeah, we should probably edit that. Um. No, yeah, but uh, anyway, so I, I just thought that's that's an interesting marker that even we uh, we like to toe that line. But but you're saying he was kind of all in one pool and not in the other, right? His his uh, the people he was listening to, they were kind of. This is the thing that I'm going through lately. This is the new thing in my head. <laughs> I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna we're gonna go off course a little bit, but this is the new thing in my head. It's. Everyone reads basically all the same books, right? Right. These business inspirational, self-motivational, uplifting books. Yeah. And they read these autobiographies of people like, this is how I started Starbucks. This is how I started Arby's. 
Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone's reading the Arby's book. But there's always a line at Arby's, dude. What? That was a joke. This is, I think it's a really funny joke. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I've never eaten at an Arby's ever, and I never will. Uh, you should. Just yeah. just to experience it. That, all right. That, next time we're in we're in next time I'm in Tucson, let's go have all the beers and then go eat at Arby's. Okay, that sounds like a plan. All right. But it's anyway, it's so this whole everyone reads the same book in the film world. Everyone's like, oh, Robert Rodriguez did science experiments and made seven thousand dollars and then made a movie. It's like I can do that. Or Spielberg snuck on the set for of Universal Studios when he was twelve or something and just gave himself an office. He found an empty office and claimed it. And that's how he got his in. Uh-huh. And it's this, this uh, idea of being inspired by someone, but also trying to mimic someone else's path and someone else's story. And right. it's not going to happen. You need to make up your own story and come up with your own, your own story that inspires others to, find themselves and find their own path to their success. Well, I, I think that that's actually exactly what I was trying to get across when I was talking about like people pitching me at the bar and all that kind of stuff. But I, I didn't uh, maybe, I, or this is a good analogy. This is a good way that you brought it up. Like that's kind of what I mean in, in the age of all these tech startups and stuff like that. And everybody has a laptop and everybody knows how to do this, that or the other, or everyone knows how to, code in java or or ruby or whatever you, you know what i mean right like that's this is where that's coming from everyone you know oh man well like facebook was started out of a college dorm you know whatever like yeah exactly i get i get a lot of the same stuff that everyone's like oh well we just need to make an app we need to make an app like how many there's so many people even even still today there are people in my office who are d telling me about like oh yeah no we need to make an app like that's such a good idea you know whatever and it's like you're you're basically trying to like if you're saying you know um like oh let, let's start a business let's let's create this like this is how zuckerberg did it it's like hey guess what you're not zuckerberg i'm not zuckerberg this is not how this is going like i yeah i i completely understand what you're saying like everyone everyone kind of has this idea that that we can kind of parrot back the same narrative and and that would stick but then on top of that it's this because we're in a world where, well, especially, I don't know, coming from a, as a, from a filmmaker's point of view, everyone has an HD camera in their pockets. Are you drinking a squirt? I am. All right. No, no, no. Well, okay. So if we're, if we're going to, if you're going to call me out for drinking a squirt. Well, no, you're doing, gonna... you're, Tori sells all that tequila. So that's like a good chaser for tequila. Yeah. And so last night was Cinco de Mayo. Oh, and happy Cinco de Mayo. Uh, yeah, I so I'm just a little hungover, so I'm drinking the squirt that's in my house <laughs> instead of venturing forth and getting my own beverages. Just whatever's right there, just yeah, a bottle liquid. Exactly. I can, I can drink does it. that does that satisfy all your your questions, yes. comrade? Question. It does. It does. Okay. Anyways, but coming from a but coming from a filmmaker's point of view, everyone has an HD phone. HD camera on their phone and it's right. any, anybody can make a movie basically. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess. So I think we've gotten to a point where everything is readily available 24 seven. If anything uh -huh. you want, anything you want to do ever, anything, just name anything and you could figure out how to do it in an afternoon. 
Right. You know, if I want to learn how to uh, melt my own ninja sword, <laughs> I bet there's a YouTube video on how to do it. And I can go oh, out, yeah. buy things, and start smelting or welding or whatever the heck the proper <laughs> term is. I actually don't know. When it comes to ninja swords, I have no idea if it's smelting or if it's melding or if it's whatever. If I wanted to uh, make a quilt, I can go to the fabric store and get a pattern and buy a sewing machine and watch some lady on YouTube teach me how to quilt. Mm -hmm. It's like we've all gotten to the point where anything is possible. I mean, the thing that uh, – what is it? The old people. What are the old people called? Uh, I don't know. Uh, baby boomers? Baby boomers. The baby boomers when they complain about the millennials and how they're snowflakes. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the, the whole time snowflakes were growing up, baby boomers were like, hey, you can be anything you want when you grow up. Right. You can catch the uh, game-winning touchdown at the Super Bowl. Right. And then a world has been established where you can do anything you want. Right. And millennials are like trying to do things on their own. But the thing that millennials are not taught is the, the talent part, the, the, not the work ethic, but the, the skills, the, 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 the trade of it, how it's not, yes, I can go buy a sewing machine this afternoon and sew a quilt. I don't even know if quilts are made with sewing machines. Uh, I have no idea. But my first sewing, my first quilt, you know, go around is going to be terrible. Uh -huh. I need to make like a thousand quilts before I start making really good quilts. And yeah. so having this idea that, hey, I'm going to go out and be a, a, a flute player and just immediately buy a flute and watch three YouTube videos. I'm not going to become a concert flautist. Yeah. Anyway, end of rant. So, so I, how did you like then that must be a part of your visualization in creating your business because you're not trying to just be another person who just makes movies right part of your kind of vision or part of your your mission here is to actually be proficient at executing these sorts of things and then being able to be like a master of your craft so to speak right there was uh one of the, on when i was uh that working for that screenwriter consulting guy uh, uh -huh. i went to one expo and there was a crazy instructor teacher guy uh, he has this thing called the two day film school, which is along the same lines of what I'm complaining about here. Right. But the one thing I took away from that hour long talk where he just yelled at everybody and called everybody idiots for an hour. <laughs> and like this, like my, uh... and like this weird velvet, uh, like Japanese smoking jacket. What are those called? Oh, jeez, oh, Like not a kimono, but like, uh, like the male version of that. What? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I get along that. those lines. The like basically, they put something uh, like what they put uh, Bill Murray in, in in Lost in Translation. No, no, it wasn't like a smoking jacket, like what everyone thinks when they think of smoking jacket. It, it was like a like a Asian dress up jacket shirt type thing. Huh. I, I'll look up the word. I don't, I don't Asian dress up shirt. Um. But kimono is kind of a, along the same lines. Okay. Anyways. I'm Googling it now. Okay. Kaftan? Is it a kaftan? Ooh, kaftan is a weird word. 
Yeah. I'm not even sure I'm saying it right. Like I'm I'm not gonna be able to find it. No, yeah, because you're probably Googling a formal Asian smoking jacket shirt. <laughs> Is that what you Googled? No. Maybe. Mm. But the thing that he was yelling at everybody the whole time and it was kind of funny and then it got old really fast. And no wonder his school is only two days because right. no one could take can, more than two days of that guy. Yeah, I was going to say you can tolerate only so much of it. But the, the thing that, I, that stuck with me for the longest time was um, you have this uh, – it was for filmmakers, of course. You've been working on the screenplay for your entire life. You have a, your dream feature film that you want to make. Right. He's like, take that script, put it in a drawer. Next thing you need to do is write another movie with two people talking in a room for an hour and a half. Sell that movie. Make money off of it. Write another movie with four people talking in a room. Sell that movie. Make money off of it. Then you could start shopping around your dream feature. That's probably going to be millions of dollars to make anyway because when you're first starting off writing, sky's the limit, right? Right. So he was he was kind of just knocking everyone down and how you you don't want your first feature film to be your dream script that you've been working on for your entire life. Uh-huh. Because you need to go through the process of telling a story at that film at that length, telling stories and making projects and completing projects and finishing films and showing films to audiences and getting reactions from audiences and learning what works and what doesn't work. And that's all something you learn by doing. Uh huh. So if someone, the, so the second part of that was you want to make a million dollar feature. No one's going to give you a million dollars in your first time around. First thing right. you got to do is make a $10,000 feature. Once you and learn two people, two people talking in a room, it could be anything. It could be one person walking down the street. After you make your $10,000 feature, then you make a $100,000 feature. After you make your $100,000 feature, then you're ready for your your million dollar feature. Mm. And it's like baby step it up to your end goal. You're like your dream goal. But we're at at a point in this society, in this world where I want to build lock boxes to lock things in i can google it i can go to lowe's or home depot and start building them right yeah and then hey everybody i have lock boxes but who who, who who's going to trust somebody that googled how to make a lock box right on day two and, di- and didn't actually like build the skill right you don't have uh those lock boxes don't have years of a usage for testimonials for what is, mm-hmm. what is you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, totally. Anyway, uh, continuation of rant ended. <laughs> End rant part two. Well, so it so if I'm understanding correctly, basically you you are like working under somebody or working with somebody at this juncture in time, where your idea of how you create a distinct production company or how you create a business because he's creating a business out of screenwriting. You were trying to make one out to be a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. but basically your ideas kind of really diverge in how that process occurs. Right. It goes back to that whole mindset of uh, me being a toe dipper and not a cannonballer, not not a cannonballer. 
Do you think that's changed at all during this process of uh, starting your production company? Um, when I had that coffee meeting and that lady was like, someone said, hey, here's $1.8 million to make a movie. Would you be able to handle it? Like, I feel like I'm at that point where I feel like I could handle it. Really? And so it's, it's, I feel like because I slowed myself way down 10 years ago, that now I'm at a point where I feel confident and comfortable attempting to move forward in that regards. Mm. So, yeah, so that was something, um, these were the two key elements that, that I was kind of trying to, trying to suss out for myself. Um, the first one is kind of this idea building or this visualization as, as you're putting it, uh-huh. where I'm trying to not just be the guy at the bar who has an idea for something, an app, a business, you know, whatever, but a guy who has, uh, a concept or a guy who has a, a thing, a dream, and then has ideas of how to do it. Right. You, you know what I mean? Those are two very distinct things. And so, and so I was curious as to how you, you know, kind of got yourself into that position where it's like, well, now I actually am a filmmaker. Now I actually am doing this. Now I actually want to start this production company and here's how I'm going to flush this out. Mm-hmm. And, and then, but the other thing is that you still have to, uh, I think, uh, the quote as I, as I read it or as I understood it is be where your feet are. Be where your feet are? Be where your feet are. Feet. Feet. Yeah. Am, okay. I, am I saying that weird? I'm hearing feed. Oh, no. Don't be where your I'm feet are. Don't be where your feet are. I'm, I'm not a cow. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, but be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. Basically, that, like, don't forget what kind of brought you to the dance in the first place. Uh huh. You know what I mean? So, so I, I guess it's. I think that's sort of the difference between your approach and the screenwriter guy's approach because you're still trying to like, you have the core idea, you have the core function and then this like will ebb and flow and flux and change as you're kind of sussing out more about how to, how to start a production company. Like you're also learning while doing, Uh you know what I mean? But you're also not, uh, I guess, stopping doing what was your original idea was anyways you know what i mean like you still just like at the core want to be a filmmaker and how you're doing that has changed over the past years because at first it was you were saying that oh well we just like wanted to be you know like we were still in film school or we were doing everything for fun or whatever and now your mode or your medium has sort of changed and your path has sort of changed but you're still doing that same core construct thing I think what the, the, the thing that really changed was a lot of uh, – I turned off comparisons or comparing myself to other people. Hmm. Uh, a few people that I talk with often, they know I have an arch nemesis or two arch nemeses. I think I'm aware of one. So there's two of them now. Oh, God. Uh, but for the longest time, it was always, I was constantly comparing myself to an arch nemesis or to one or two people locally at least. Mm-hmm. And just constantly being, why am I not doing this? Why? Well, while well, I was not attempting to do what they were doing, they were doing things in a way that is similar to what a lot of people, they were taking like a normal route. They were taking the, not the safe route, but the, the more common route of doing things. So I'm going to create commercials locally and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to make uh, a national mm-hmm. chain commercial and then. Yada, yada, yada. And then I'm going to start making films. 
Yeah. Or my family is involved in the film industry. I'm going to work with them for a minute and then build up my reputation and go about it that way and then build up my name that way. Uh-huh. And I was sitting in the in a corner trying to make dumb, silly videos for funsies, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. And it was always fun and it was always great. But at the same time, I was constantly comparing myself. Okay. And then at a, so once I turned off comparing myself to other people, the thing that I was trying to figure out next was what is my story? What is my, if I were to be at the Oscars in 10 years, what is that story that everyone's going to want to talk to me about on all the talk shows or whatever? It's yeah, like, yeah. how'd you get started? What got you into all this? What mm-hmm. kicked off your career type of thing? What is that unique thing that everyone's going to be asking you about 10 years from now that got you started and motivated to actually pursue this production company, this career that you've chosen? Uh-huh. So those, those are the two things that really kind of in the last four, three, four years have really helped me move forward to this point. Well, I think so. So that that goes back to the visualization. Right kind of your your idea of while, while the execution changes your core idea of what you're trying to do or the story you're trying to tell has not right hmm. interesting so because that's that's kind of what i fear especially like i think that's manifested in in you know with me in particular um in like you know these episodes where we've set goals or or things like that i've grown concerned about getting like off track okay you know what i mean but but i don't really actually actually see it that way because right now like my my job is a lot like what i want to do Mm -hmm. but it's but it's very kind of specialized in a sense and so what i want to do in creating my own business i think is taking key parts and key elements but i need to a tr- like factor that back into my main goal. Like what would be my story, so to speak. Right. I think a lot of people forget about that. Yeah. Like, so basically I'm, I'm kind of concerned that that stuff gets, will, will possibly get laid by the wayside. But I mean, that didn't happen with you, obviously. Uh, say that again. <laughs> uh, basically like, like what I'm what I'm trying to get at is that I'm concerned that like I I have had these goals like they're the core elements that in if you go back and listen to our goal setting uh, episodes or like all my ins and outs with different you know jobs and that kind of stuff it's like that kind of changes and that kind of fluxes but I'm trying to establish you know my you know not. I guess what would be my Oscars in 10 years, but I obviously wouldn't be going to the Oscars. Right. I'm not going to invite you. <laughs> but, uh, but like basically what, what would be my, like that core thing that's held true uh, in, in everything that I'm doing and like everything is purposeful, I guess. Right. Um, I think, I think what you're doing is something that not a lot of people would do you know, move from their hometown to work in another city. That's not that great mm-hmm. at a company. That's kind of, <laughs> you know, that the, it seems like this, this working at this company is your dream job basically. Right. 
Uh, I think it's a it's a subsidiary of what my dream job if, is. If you weren't wanting to create your own program or or start your own entrepreneurial exploits, mm-hmm. like I'm going to school, I got my degree, I'm getting a job. This job is basically your dream job, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, it's it seems like it's a cool company that you'd like to work with, doing things you know that you like to do you know you love getting tased <laughs> no i definitely don't love that but 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 yeah I, I i see what you're saying that that in terms of it's like if you just read the job in a in a one-page sheet and like you know the company that you work for and all that kind of stuff yeah it, it looks really good uh-huh but how do you feel about it i mean i uh and this is like dangerous to put out there obviously but it's like i i went in I, I guess I just never saw myself, and, and this is kind of that, that visualization that goes into building a business or building a, a company, which is what I want to do. I never saw myself, like I saw this already immediately as building me up or building my experience, but I never saw it as like, okay, you know, like some people are like, oh, I got into that law firm that I wanted to get into. Now this is the next 40 years of my life. Right. I kind of don't see it that way. When you so, when you entered the job, did you did it meet expectations or was it uh, did it come in below expectations? Uh, per usual, uh, it fell right around the middle. <laughs> oh, that's because that's where you live. Yeah, exactly. I I everything. I'm I'm up. I'm down. Actually, no. You're even Stevens. You're Jerry. I'm, I'm Jerry. You're Kramer. I thought we said I was Elaine. Oh, Elaine. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, like, but it, but, it, but the the thing that I was trying to get to is that you're 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 taking a step to get to a place where you want to be, right? And that is what not a lot of people in the the fag. What is it called? The vig. The vig. Uh, the the fag. <laughs> the vig. No, the vi- you know, a lot vig. a lot of randos you meet in bars or in, at at cocktail parties because that that's the thing that happens still. Yeah, it is. There's a there's that that person that is not. That has this idea, but just isn't willing to act upon it, right? And I don't know, no, I don't know if it's a personality thing or if it's a, a a motivational thing. If it's from growing up in a in a household where people just followed the rules, and or if it's a thing where that's this risk factor. It's like who's willing to take this risk? Who's willing to jump off right. this cliff for a little bit, uh huh, and see if it works out. And some people are okay with never jumping off a cliff and trying something out and just coasting through their life. And some people just want to have this experience. So when they get old, they just don't have any regrets. Well, that's uh, that's actually a very good point. And that's why I guess I'm trying to differentiate myself because I had uh, a, a friend, well, we'll say that, I, I, kind of more of a well, yeah, a friend. A, let's say a friend who actually like like I had had those conversations, you know, with like he's like, oh yeah, we have such a great idea, we can start a business around that, whatever. And I, I kind of like, uh, yeah, sure, man. Like I kind of just blew it off. Um, and he actually got upset when I took this job up here. Oh, really? Like, because, he, yeah, because he was like, oh, what the hell? I thought we were trying to start a business together, whatever. And I was like, what, dude? You, you've you had that conversation with me, you know, 
all these different times and you don't actually want to execute on anything or do anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, well, no, I actually, I, uh, even though I kind of don't think I have this like visualization, like I, I don't know if I have everything flushed out, but, but like you said, you're, you're learning by doing. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like you, you had the concept of being a filmmaker and then starting a company out of that and then producing your own movies and all that kind of stuff for a long time. But the execution of which, uh, like of what you were doing, that evolved over time, but you just had to do it in order to, you know, not like these two day tutorials where then all of a sudden you're supposed to be a filmmaker at the end of it. Exactly. So I, I don't know. I, I've just I had that conversation recently where this guy was actually like kind of pissed at me because he's like, "Well, what the hell? Like, I thought we were supposed to start a business together, you know, whatever." And it's like, "Well, I would kind of expect a little bit more thought out of it, out of you, if that's actually what you were anticipating doing." Uh huh. But that's what you get for having conversations at the Vig. Was this at the Vig? It was not. Oh. I'm, I'm just. I'm being. I'm being funny. <laughs> is that what that was? Oh, is that what the humor? <laughs> humor. Well, so do you I guess I guess my main pain point is kind of uh working up the guts but also working out like like how did you start flushing out the the ins and outs of like what it takes to create a production company or like am I can I actually do this? Like how did you start doing that? I started uh, well, it all. I think the production company stemmed from me listening to other people. Uh huh. So when I first established this production company, it was me listening to two or three other people, and those people had a different mindset as to what a production company is. It was all commercial work based, and I wanted it to be creative based. And I haven't to this day. I haven't found someone to work with that thinks that you could establish a production company in Tucson where you go out and make movies and you can still, you can make money off of them. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't found that person yet here in town, but, and everyone else is like, sure, let's do a production company, but we're going to go out and we're going to do uh, event AV. We're going to do commercial work. We're going to do web videos for companies. We're going to, so they don't, they don't align with your, your kind of goals. No. So the, setup of a production company stemmed from that. And now it's kind of, I'm trying to rework it to where it's just solely creative based, which is something I'm still trying to figure out right now. Hmm. That, that, that is basically what that tells me is that this idea of what you are accomplishing or like how the the manner in which you do it, that like never ends. No, it doesn't. Oh, so that's, <laughs> it's a constant uh, evolving thing. You're going to try things. You're going to fail at things. You're going to say, Hey, maybe this will work and it doesn't. So you just like, all right, fine. That didn't work. Let's move on to the next one. And the hard part is knowing when to give up on the dream or keep going with the dream. And when is that? Exactly. Oh, okay. When is I, I, that? I guess it's one of those things where you just like feel it when you know it. Right. Well, that that was something that my um, – so my cousin, uh, he visited the U.S. pretty recently. Maybe you met him or maybe you – I don't think you did. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he was only in town for a couple nights uh, here, but he's like he was doing like a speaking tour and stuff like that. He started his own marketing firm out of Singapore. Okay, and uh, he said something to me that really resonated in terms of that, and and I think that's kind of where I'm trying to get to, and and I think that's what you're actually in right now is kind of where the rubber meets the road, where you. <sighs> you actually are doing things like you're putting time, effort and money into your, your, what you're trying to accomplish or, or what, what your goal is, what you are visualizing from the, from the first step, you know what I mean? So, so now you're actually investing into it and the, it's kind of that idea of having the balls to just go for it and just do it. And, uh, what my, what my cousin said was, he was like, yeah, well, uh, my, my whole thing behind it was I had this idea for a business and I wanted to create this. And I thought, you know, well, even if I don't, if this doesn't work out, you know, whatever, I'll fail early, I'll fail cheap. Mm -hmm. Basically meaning that, that the idea that like, oh, there's so much daunting stuff kind of going into this or there's, you know, I have to make personal investments or I have to take loans or I have to do whatever. It's like, that's not going to stop you because at least like, okay, if this does go under, it's going to go under quickly and it'll be cheaper that way. I'm not going to drag this out and you whatever, but I'm going to still like I'm not going to have this limit where I'm going to take this. And I think that's that's kind of my my pain point and that's I think where where you're at right now is you like okay, uh let's let's find out how to start a production company, a, a film production company and okay, let me I'm going to start making movies and I'm going to start, you know, just doing it. And so it's kind of that that idea that like you have now committed and you're like really gaining traction on that as opposed to sitting at the vig and having a what if conversation. Right. Getting beyond that what if conversation is super tough. Yeah. And then after you decide I'm going to move past this what if conversation and you start putting up roadblocks for yourself. You know, I can't do this without a, a great name. I can't do this without a logo. Right. I can't move forward without a website. It's just like all these dumb things. And at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really, all that stuff doesn't matter till later. Mm -hmm. I mean, establishing your own company, establishing your idea, like laying down groundwork doesn't require all of this outward stuff, which is, I think, why you should visualize things before attempting to lay down some groundwork. If you figure out, you know, the who, what, why, when, how of your company, yeah, your name's going to just, come of that your logo is going to come of that your branding your mindset everything is just going to evolve from that that visualization finding your purpose and your reason and your why of why you're doing all this it's all going to mm -hmm. stem from that in an organic way and it's just going to feel better and it's going to resonate with people better because it's going to be more genuine than it's like a snapchat but you save the pictures <laughs> yeah, yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> That's such a that's such a accurate <laughs> representation of what people are pitching these days. But yeah, so I, that's 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 what I think of when you decide you want to start something. You want to start your business venture. Uh huh. Think about your purpose. Think about your why. Get all fruity, frou frou, hodgepodgey, mystical, <laughs> magical. Uh huh. You know, spiritual with it. It's it might feel weird. It might seem dumb. But yeah, it's, yeah. It, I think. Things that start off that way are just going to be more uh, genuine, more uh, realistic, more robust. More robust. More, there you go. Yeah, it's like yeah, like so, that Pharrell song, "Happy." 
that everyone got to listen to it for a million times a day for three years. Yeah. From that Minions movie. He wrote that song because, uh, uh, and it was inspired by his grandmother, the lady who raised him. And every uh-huh. time he talked about it, he's like, oh, my grandmother inspired me. He was like all teary-eyed about it. And it like, came uh-huh. from a place of emotion and just being genuine. And it was, and no one knew it when they first heard the song, but everybody felt it because they were able to listen to that song a million times a day for three years straight. Interesting. This I did not know. Hmm. So, so, so perhaps maybe I should spend a little bit more time on visualization, really kind of like allowing myself to, to be in that, that kind of weird space, um, where, where I'm getting mystical, magical, as you said, spiritual or whatever, whatever that list of (laughs) words you were saying, but like, but really kind of not only just thinking about it in terms of like a company or like, here's my business idea or here's whatever, here's what I would want to do, but like actually figure out why that's something that like has attracted me ever since I saw that guy in Pulp Fiction. Right. <laughs> go to go to a place of, you know, positiveness, of positivity, of uh, that in, the, in your visualization, imagine you being successful at this thing that you want to do. Cause that's another thing that turns everyone off is they immediately think of all the failures yeah, and yeah. all the road bumps, but those are required to get to the successes. Just like think about your successes. Think about the things that you want to go right with this idea you want to pursue and think about the whys you want to get there. And like, as you know, this is the success and the result of this amount of work, but why did I do all that work? Because of, you know, this reason. And that's where you want to, you sure that's where you should be in your mindset, hmm. not in this. Uh, I'm going to just, if someone else did this super quick, I'm going to do it super quick too. So here's, here's chap chap. Yeah. Here's my get rich quick scheme. Right. Basically. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, I, uh, cause with I, your stuff, with your stuff, there's some deep down secret that you're not willing to share cause you're so closed off from the world. And so angry and bitter and your soul's so dark that it hasn't seen light in 25 years. I was, I was born into the darkness. By the time I saw the light, I was already a, a man. It was too whatever late. He says. It was too it was, late. Yeah, whatever. As soon as your darkness was exposed, it absorbed the sun's light. Oh, my God. Through the earth <laughs> off its gravitational orbit. So th- there's, a, there's a reason deep down. And I think we talked about it. Maybe we hit on it just a little bit when we're talking about goals and stuff. Yeah. Uh, like why you enjoy optimizing, why you enjoy establishing systems and making things better. There's a reason for it. Yeah, yeah. And we just I know we touched on it lightly at some point. I think we might have, yeah. So I th- I think it was one of, I I'll have to go back and re-listen to that episode because I I think it re- I remember it was uh one with a pretty deep deep down conversation. So but go go to that place where you once you remember where it was from. <laughs> go to that place and start thinking about, you know, with all that stuff in mind, where you want your business to go and keep all, keeping all that at the forefront of your thought process. Mm-hmm. And I think not letting that like get laid by the wayside. Right. That needs to be in the front. It can't be the side thought. It can't be the afterthought. It's got to be mm-hmm. in the forefront because then it's just going to make everything easier and better. Hmm. And, uh, how much would you hate it if I did this with, uh, I, or, uh, Idea mapping, cloud mapping. What did I say? <laughs> I saw I saw a idea 
uh, whiteboard that I thought was pretty cool. Hmm. But I don't know if it's the same thing as what you're talking about. Um, mine is I, I forget if it's called cloud mapping or idea mapping or like a, it's basically where you have something in the middle and then you like are kind of making tangents off of it to to kind of hone in what you're actually trying to flush out or what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of more of like a word association thing. Well, if, if you need an idea map, Atish, you do you. Will you will you look at my idea map? Uh, sure, if I can read it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.